Hi, this is Laura Bolgreen, and today we will be reading Matthew 1, verses 18 to 25. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. For anyone who has grown up in the church, this is a familiar story, one that is retold every Christmas. I have memories of being in the Sunday school plays dressed up as a robed angel with one speaking line that I felt so nervous to deliver and seeing the younger kids in their cotton ball sheep costumes, all of us completely oblivious to the scandal of the story we were acting out. In a time when a woman's worth was almost entirely wrapped up in her ability to be a wife who could eventually provide children for her husband, preferably sons, of course, here is the story of a woman who was singled out by the God of the universe and given the important task of bringing the promised Messiah into the world. Engaged to be married, suddenly this young woman found herself mysteriously pregnant before the wedding ever took place. And now, on top of the major life changes that would come with marriage and a new baby, she would also have to adjust to the fact that her presence in the world as a pregnant, unmarried woman would be seen as suspicious and offensive and immoral. And suddenly the man she was engaged to be married to must decide whether he would stand by her, lending his strength and privilege in the world to walk through this divine assignment alongside her, or if he would follow the ways he was always taught was right, preserving his own sense of dignity and honor. We move through this story as if it was somehow the most natural thing in the world. But of course, Mary accepted the role of birthing and nurturing the Son of God. Of course, Joseph put aside his sense of moral obligation and religious duty and stayed with his wife-to-be, impregnated with a child who was not his. But consider what it would have been like to have been in either of these positions. Mary was someone who culturally would have had little to no power, recognition, or esteem in society. She was chosen to participate in one of the most important events in the history of the world. How much courage, confidence, and faith was required of her to meet each day, knowing she would be scorned, misunderstood, questioned, and accused. People in marginalized communities around the world and across time have experienced versions of this divine birthing. They know they have been given important work, an important message, a gift from God that, if they are willing and faithful to see it through, will begin to change the world around them. And yet, they cannot wait for permission from anyone else to move forward with it. They don't have the luxury of getting a thumbs up from a human authority figure because far too often, 
it will not be offered to them. Instead, like Mary, whose response to the angel who told her she would give birth to to the Messiah was, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. They must make the decision to trust God and step out in faith, regardless of how they're received, regardless of whether anyone else recognizes or acknowledges that what they're bringing to the world is directed by God and initiated by the Holy Spirit. And now consider the role of Joseph. The text says that he was a righteous man, so he decided to act in alignment with the moral expectation of his day and separate himself from the scandal that Mary would create. As he considered this action, an angel of the Lord met him and spoke to him, reassuring him and encouraging him to remain with Mary, trusting that God was doing something big, something beyond the confines of his own religious upbringing. Many of us find ourselves in power of, in, in positions of power and privilege within the world. And what happens when we're met with an invitation to be part of something new, something that might even challenge our traditional beliefs about what is moral or righteous or the right way to do things? What happens when we have made up our minds to pursue a particular course of action that we think would most honor God, only to have the Holy Spirit intervene and tell us that we need to trust and to be brave and to lend our power and privilege to stand with those who the world will have a harder time believing because God is doing a new thing. Are we willing to risk it? Would we have been willing, like Joseph was, to challenge the religious structures of the day in order to participate in the divine birth of Jesus Christ, our King? Are we willing to do so today? God, I thank you for the courage and the faithfulness that is displayed in this story of the birth of the Messiah. And I pray that as we hear it, um, may we hear it with fresh ears, with fresh understanding. May we be emboldened and empowered in our own places of of, um, influence or in the steps of faith that you are asking of us to trust and to follow, believing that you will be with us just as you were with Mary and Joseph, just as you have promised to be with us for all time. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.